Unashamed Podcast Nation, we got good news. Uh, if you kiss can't get enough of us, we're going to three podcasts a week. Right now we're releasing on Sunday. Wednesday, we're about to start releasing on Friday uh, next week. So more Unashamed, more Jace, more Phil, more Al, more of everything. So get ready. I am Unashamed. What about you? Down here, I noticed as I'm looking out the window that the river is still, is it still coming or is it, I mean, it, it looks like, because it's almost across your complete drive. It has window. crested and it is 20 feet higher than it was when it started. From the low point to the high, as you say, the river is 20 feet high. It is now in my yard. I can still drive in and out, just a little puddle. But but if it keeps coming, it's calling for rain uh, tomorrow, the next day. But then it might slack off for another week or so. You gonna build you an ark? Huh? <laughs> that would be fun. Very rarely does the water fall out once it gets this high this early. Right. February going into March. Usually it's a usually, problem all the way to May. Usually right? it lasts to through June. What's weird is this June. This is July. the fourth year in a row. Fourth year in a row. Which I, I mean, we, Jason and I grew up here. I don't ever remember four mm-hmm. years in a row. Yeah. Of water. This I time. saw seven in a row where we had no backwater. Right. But I've seen four in a row now. Backwater every year. But you just get all your equipment, move it to high ground, move everything to high ground. You're a little bit limited in your transportation because you have to go by boat everywhere. We own a lot of land. You say how much of it is underwater right now? Ninety-five percent of it. <laughs> That's right. Which you know happened to us last you say, well, year. Why in the world would you want that land? Uh, ducks, fish, uh, crawfish. crawfish. Yeah, you think it's a paradise. Yeah, I tell everybody that. I was like my dad. I mean, he's surrounded by water. It is I'm right. Like, so it's a it's a good. Thing and it's funny because this is four years in a row. So all the deer get pushed out because the high water. But then they all come back. They all come back. I mean, it's and it's not like you lose them. I mean, it's just kind of. But every other critter consolidates the land, which is a problem. You know, mankind snakes. has been fighting the control over water ever since mankind has been on the earth and God made it. Right. You're not going to whip it. Somebody sent us an interesting uh, email. You forwarded that about water. But I, I thought it was really good. Well, it was, it was from your sermon on From the Water to Wilderness. Yeah. But then they were pointing out about the qualities of water, that, which is really interesting, Like as much as it shows up in the Bible, and you really can't do anything with it. Was, was his point. In other words, you have to have it to live. Mm-hmm. You think about it. But you can't do it. I mean, they try to dam and, and block it, but they what, the the government, how long have they been trying to control the river system oh. through the Corps of Engineers? Oh. It, and they've really just made a mess. Since the usually. founding of the country. Right. And, and for a lot of different reasons, commerce, mostly to get barges up and down. But it never works. It always creates five. Everything you say the government will fix, it creates five new problems. They built a $6 million bridge in about 1935, $6 million bucks. Now it costs $60 million. Oh. Oh, But they built more. it, and it was a newfangled thing. But when the wind started blowing, the thing got to rocking, and they're all sitting there filming. It kept rocking, rocking, rocking. Finally, the whole mess just collapsed and fell back in the river. I mean, so yeah. you don't want the saying if start this, all over if again. This bridge is rocking. Don't bad engineering. It. Yeah, I, I don't want to be on but that. You remember bridge. you all uh, looked at it. Whoop! That didn't work. <laughs> you remember your uh, your buddy that we took 
duck hunting your uh what was he an astrophysicist or whatever he said the earth was the only planet because he studied all the planets and has named a couple this guy was smart uh he said the earth was the only planet ever seen that has water that's right which i thought was interesting yeah you know i mean that's why if you don't have any water well, you ain't going to be there long. Well, you got to have to have <laughs> life. You have to have water. That's it. They're still trying to look for life. They found too. none. They always claim they found. might have found it, might have found it, yeah. haven't found it yet. And the interesting thing is we know from the Genesis 1, we talked about when we were back there, that the whole earth was water, you know, which was really interesting. A ball of water. Yeah. You remember that guy talking that day, gave us that presentation, and he had gotten this software from the government. He's like, you can you, you have to buy a router or something to to use it he's like but they offer it as a public service man we thought it was i was like this is the greatest thing of, of all the planets and the cosmos and but our government is actually they they're looking at all these planets but remember him telling about some of those planets you could actually fly through it sure uh, this is the most fascinating thing yeah. you'd think if it's a planet okay you land on it cloud, right? yeah but he's like gases. some of them you just the consistency of it you actually can just go through it. All the far planets is pretty well what it, what yeah. it is. Just, uh, just balls of gases and all kinds of material. When but, you see them, when they but have no those, dirt to stand on, right? And they have the rings of stuff that's oh, yeah. like this that's yeah. you know orbits around. It's really interesting. I think just that, the first four, you know, Venus, Mercury, Mars. I guess Mercury, Venus, uh, Earth, and then Mars. Those. You know, you have actually there is something you could you could stand on, but the other two, the first two, they're close to the sun, eight hundred and fifty degrees yeah, in the daytime. Right. Well, eight, remember eight fifty. Uh, that's pretty hot. Mars is too. Remember far. the Ooh. one he said there was one that you could act, only one that you could actually go there and land, but you had you would have to move like at a rate that you were not fast enough to move around the planet to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like you got to move in like whatever it was, eight hundred miles an hour. We make some great claims, but as far as us going somewhere and visiting other planets, yeah. uh, trust me, it's not in the works. Well, yeah. his he was a believer, and his whole point was that God made this planet special. And look, he had a pretty you know powerful argument. It took him four hours to explain it, but I saw a documentary called I think it was called the I don't know something about the blue planet or whatever and it was really interesting just showing all the unique nature of earth you know which we know when you're a believer you think oh yeah well because god created it to put us here and like of course that makes perfect sense but in the scientific world if you don't believe in god it to them is such an oddity of how did it just you know how's this so perfect such a perfect recipe a lot of things had to come I mean, together i mean yeah exactly i think that's why god chose baptism too you know when you think about being born again which and, the guy uh, that sends the email talked about you know that, the water yeah. and life and i thought about that verse in john 7 and you could use john 4 you know at the the well with the conversation with the woman john 4, but yeah. you know in john 7 he said uh if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Mm-hmm. But even he used the Holy Spirit to represent what we understand living water 
Yeah, you know, right. I, I just think it's a it was a it's an incredible illustration, I, and I don't believe Jesus does things by accident. No, you know, and you're right, and, and it's all the way through. You see it over and over. Well, it's interesting you say that, Jace, because there was you know we get a lot of emails from you guys, and, and we appreciate you guys, and a lot of other ways of uh, kind of letting us know what you're thinking, questions. And there's a one of our listeners uh, is a guy named Al, which by the way, great name, Al, uh, and he sent sent us a note. And I, I told him, I replied to him, I said, look, I could send you a long email and answer this, but I'd rather just talk about it on the podcast because I'm sure if you're having the same issue that other listeners are as well, and I thought it was really interesting. It kind of goes, you made me think about it when you said that about um, the concept of baptism. In his, Let me just read to you what he said, and then we'll talk about it. It says, um, something I hope you'll address in your podcast is how do we surrender? So that's his question. How do we surrender? I'm personally having immense trouble on this myself. I think part of the problem for myself is that I grew up in a very small church, very reserved, very planned out services, run by a couple of families, mine and another one, which many people have that experience. I did ask to be – here's what's interesting, a couple of things he says here. I did ask to be baptized. I think I was 12 or 13, but I don't think I ever really learned how to surrender. So it's interesting. He kind hmm. of links back to the concept of baptism. Now he says I'm 52, having a ton of trouble letting go. I'm married. I don't run around acting like a fool or chasing wild women, you know, because we talked about that on the last podcast. I hunt, I fish, I work, and home is my life. And then this was a phrase I really wanted to talk about today because I think a lot of people think this, and I think this is part of the problem, Al. Adding Jesus to it is my goal. So he's got – Al's got his life, and it's it's a good life, but he knows it could be better, and he's like, I don't want to add but Jesus. But you're like me. When I hear that, a red flag goes well, up. Well, right. I even it, highlighted it, out. <laughs> I think religious people tend to com- compartmentalize Jesus, which is a really bad thing to do. So we talk a lot about um, shooting in our family, uh, mostly with us it's shotguns. Uh, people ask all the time. Uh, in fact, somebody sent a note, one of our listeners, that said, now, y'all are always making fun of Cy, like, you know, claiming everything and all that. And they were like, I mean, are y'all just kidding? Or, like, is he really not very good? Because they're, like, wondering about it. So I, I, Cy's actually he's, a pretty, he's good, a pretty shot. good shot. He just he, – he tends to claim whether he hits him or not. It's impossible for him to kill what he's claiming. Because it's exciting when you're in the moment. <laughs> You think about what we do when ducks come in, and really we sit out there for hours and hours, but these moments happen in seconds. Everything's happening quick. Right. Well, you get caught up in the excitement, and there's five, six men just shooting, and they're falling. You're like, boy, I'm really doing good. But when you're on an island, and it's just you, we're like, Cy, cut him. And then he goes boom, 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 and he flies off. Well, then you think, hmm. well, maybe you weren't doing as well as you thought. <laughs> You need some practice. So I would say, but even all of us do a lot of shooting. And wouldn't you say probably the more the season goes on, the more you shoot, well, in our no case, doubt. the better yeah. you're going to get, right? I mean, no we, we practice on you know live birds. Well, it's the same with if you were shooting a pistol uh, or a rifle or whatever, you know, in whatever guns that you have, the more proficient you are, you know, the better you're going to be when you need it, you know, especially if it's for Well, I just down out of respect. Muscle memory. Yeah, muscle memory. That's out right. of respect of what you're hunting, you won't 
clean shots, clean kills, boom. Exactly. You know? So we've got some some good friends at iTarget who have come up with a really cool thing. It's an app. And basically, you can dry fire without having to go out to a range or wherever. I mean, you just set in, in your house, in your yard, whatever, a target, and through an app, and you put one of these bullets that's not really a bullet in your gun, you're able to then shoot, and the app tells you whether you're hitting on target or whether you're not hitting on target. So it's a great way to practice uh, and basically not have to go off somewhere, not have to worry about sound and hurting your ears and all these things. So dry fire is going to help your muscle memory. So here's what you do to find these guys. So you go to uh, iTargetPro, the letter I, targetpro.com. They got an offer code, Phil. So if you put this in, you're going to get 10% off uh, free shipping uh, to give this a shot. We think it's a great idea to help people develop being a better shot. So iTargetPro.com, offer code Phil, and improve your shooting. Yeah. You know. And I think this, this, that view is part of the problem. So I wanted us to talk about it on the podcast, not just for Al, because I know you're listening in because you told me you were going to be checking it out. Let but me give him about four or five texts. Go for it, Dad. I knew you would have some texts. Al, are you listening? You got too many things ahead of Jesus, my man. <laughs> we have much. This is Hebrews, Al. Hebrews This is going to get weird because he's Al. I know. I'll just act like imaginary I'm Al. I'm Al. sitting in as Al. Hebrews 5, verse 11. We have much to say about this, my man, but it's hard to explain because you're slow, so slow to learn. You're 52 now. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Your question was, how do I surrender? Solid food, Hebrews 5.14, is for the mature, and here's the key, who by constant use have trained themselves, not me training you, not, not Al here, not Jace, you train yourself to do something earth-shattering to distinguish good from evil. It's that simple as you go forward. Yeah, like this. Now, that's that one. Romans chapter 2, verse 6, God will give to each person according to what is done. <clears throat> Make this your goal, Al. To those who by persistence, who by persistence in doing good, Seek glory, honor, and immortality. Remember, the Hebrew text said, you know the difference between good and evil, and you do good. Well, this says you have to be persistent in doing good because you want glory, honor, and immortality. Well, God says he'll give eternal life to you. But, and here's where you're struggling, for those who are self-seeking, you get yourself in the way of your Lord, who reject the truth and follow evil. Stand on the gospel, my man. Jesus died for he was buried and raised from the dead. Life and immortality is yours for the taking here. Just think of what that's going to be like. You can hunt, fish, and do that forever. There'll be wrath and anger for those who reject the truth and who are self-seeking. There will be trouble and distress. And you sound like you're a little troubled and distressed. For every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace 
which is what you're hunting. I can tell by the way your letter read. Glory, honor, and peace for you, Al, for everyone. Look, it's this simple. Who does good? It's not earth-shattering. It's not something that's not right in front of you. You say, but I think I, his point is he's doing some good, you know, right. and he's doing some bad. But he's like this whole idea of surrender. That seems, what would you say, a little drastic? Extreme. There's a confession Extreme. you make, and we all know it. Jesus is Lord. That's a mouthful. This is which how we know. Which means you're not. I'll finish with this. First John chapter 3, verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. It's real simple. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Neither is anyone who does not love his brother. So when you get up in the morning, Al, all I can tell you is you say, I need to make it my ambition and my goal while I'm on the earth. Get up, do good, and love my brother. If you do that, you're good to go. It's not complex. It's not rocket science. It's just a question of have you decided to just do good, be good, and love my fellow man? I think it's, it's not that hard. It's not, but I think as a lot of people think that's why I want to talk about it, because a lot of people like Al, you know, it's easy to compare yourself to other people because the comparisons you made out is the same ones we all do. We say, well, yeah, I'm not perfect, and I don't, but I don't do this, this, and this, but I do this, this, and this. But if you don't first surrender, and that's that's the the what happens, I think, in what he's talking about is that the first step is surrender. Not the fifteenth step, not the I'm a pretty good guy, but it's the first step. If you never I agree. if you've never surrendered You decide to do well, that. Right. I mean you hear who Jesus is. Right. You know, I was the last event I did, I got up there and I said, Look, I want y'all to quit listening to the preacher. Well the preacher's in the audience. <laughs> That scared him. Yeah, I'm sure he went. <gasps> I said, and go home and read the book of John and see what Jesus is like. And then make a decision on whether you want, and that's the worst, the word I use, on whether you want to surrender the entirety of your life and everything, all compartments, all departments, mm-hmm. and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Walk. him. As Jesus did. Yeah. So I said that, which I thought was interesting at the end of my speech. It wasn't the most exuberant crowd, although they were good people. The first person to stand after I was finished was that preacher. I did notice that. I thought he he because he understood this is not about me. At some point, every person's going to have to surrender. I wanted to read Philippians two because it says. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Now, we know what happened because of that. The verse in James, it says, where's that? It says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So you think, what is sin? It's when we selfishly set aside what God, what we know in our conscience God wants us to do, and for selfish reasons, which is the opposite of surrender, we sin. Then it says, uh, do nothing out of vain, I mean, uh, conceit or selfish ambition, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. And then here's the key verse. 
your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then you have this quote, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. He surrendered. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made, that was part of his surrender was becoming a human. I mean, the equivalent to me would be like me if I had the ability of becoming a roach and like crawling around with the roaches. Yeah. It, that that would be, well, I, I don't want to be a roach. I think I, but Jesus did that for us. Right. And being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself again, surrender, yeah. and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, which is why he ultimately defeated Satan because, look, I'm very competitive. That's my biggest struggle. I mean, I am competitive. And the reason I married a woman who's not is because I knew that was going to be a combustible thing if I had a wife who was competitive. Because I'm so competitive. You know me. I'm, yeah. I'm competitive about anything. I'm, but So it's hard for me to – it would be hard for me to surrender in any kind of competition because I want to win. So I think that's why Jesus, how he overcame the evil one, because the last thing in this war with the evil one – the last thing the evil one thought of, on how he would be, uh, you know, how Jesus would obtain victory would be surrender. He never considered that. You just think about that. In any game you ever play or any competition, well, when you surrender, that's that you lost. So do either one of you – I know that Cy, Uncle Cy, has a holster. I see him carrying around his gun. Do you, do you have a holster? Well, technically, when you have your shotgun, you're putting it in a holster. We well, call it a sleeve. Or, yeah, he's talking about the pistols there. I carry just a pistol in my pocket. Yeah. Well, you need a no holster. holster. Huh? Yeah. Here you go. This you need be, a holster. Well, I'll just I don't you, have a holster I'll either. get you this for Christmas. All right, here Explain we go. So, all right, here's what it is. Starting at $37. That's a good. That's a pretty good price for is. Christmas. I made that two of them. We the People Holsters. So that's the name of this group uh, that's, that does these holsters. We the People Holsters. They make them custom-made. They're made in America. We like that. So they got dozens of options to choose from. You got inside, outside, the waistband. Some are hidden. You know, you want to stick them in your pocket. Uh, they got camo. They got some of the Constitution on it. Blue Lives Matter, which I like that. They stand up for cops. So they make all these different custom holsters, yep. which sounds pretty cool. So we the people holsters, holsters, we the people holsters.com slash fill. Um, every holster ships free. It comes with a lifetime guarantee, which we like that. You get an additional $10 off just for putting the promotion code Phil. So Phil is going to save you 10 bucks. We, the people holsters.com slash Phil satisfaction guaranteed. If it's not the perfect fit, you get a refund. So I think you need to check these guys out. We are. Jace is buying Christmas. Yeah. I hope he buys me one too. We, the people holsters.com slash Phil. And I think that's why people have a hard time doing it. Like if I'm playing a game and I'm getting beat by 30, let's say we're playing basketball. Yeah. In my feeble mind, I'm like, oh, no, but I'm going to turn it on. That's you know right. what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come back. Wait till I get hot. You know, I'm just not the white flag type of guy. I'm always <laughs> thinking, yeah, but if I get hot, buddy, if I, <laughs> it's over. You'll never see it. It'll be the greatest comeback ever. You just wouldn't think the way to win this game right. is for me to say I quit. But in Christ, 
I think that's why he's having such a difficulty, you know, understanding this. That really is the way to obtain victory because that's how Jesus obtained it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's what baptism is all about. I really do. I think it's a it, you may you, cuz at some point you have to do something. It's a it's a pledge to surrender. Yeah, you're saying somebody okay. has you by the nap of the neck. Yeah. And you're just Actually, cuz you hear people say, "Well, I got baptized like they did it," but actually you surrendered to someone else baptized you. That is correct. Which is the nature of it in and of itself, it's which pretty is probably why God it's a humbling to, experience. Well, why yeah. was Jesus baptized? Let's just analyze it. And this. remember, we talked about it John didn't want to baptize Jesus. He said, whoa, whoa, Of course whoa. not. I mean, he says, you need to be baptizing me. Guess what? Because Jesus is surrendering. He's like, whoa, whoa I don't want to be a part of this. I should be surrendering to you. That's right. I mean, that's – if baptism is is surrender, that's what that conversation seems like. Well, that makes sense to me. Right. Because you're like, well, you, you don't – you haven't even done anything wrong. But – Jesus was showing his humility. It was a, it was a baptism of repentance. John's like, you don't need to repent of anything. You don't need to repent. That's so right. why? Are you, so it comes back to my quote. Why is he being baptized? It's the humility. That's right. He's surrendering to the Godhead, of which he's a part of, for the good of us. Right. But then those three things happen where God said, you know, this is my child, this is my son, whom I love, and I'm well pleased. And then he received God's spirit, yep. and he takes off with what? The same surrendered approach right. to life. So I think that's what happens to us. I think when you hear what Jesus did, that's what saves you, his, cross, his death Faith. on the cross. That's right. Well, I meant the actual salvation, yep. though, is blood, his right. grace. If he didn't die on the cross, no matter if you believe or not, that's right. it, there was no way to be saved. The resurrection – so when you when you fast forward and go to Galatians, I think I did this earlier, but my point is if your attitude is going to be that of Christ Jesus, then Galatians makes sense when it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Well, what is being crucified with Christ? If that's not surrender, I don't know what it is. You're on a battlefield and you just threw your hands up. Guess what? Got shot. That's surrender. You fell over. But it says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Well, you came up off the battlefield. You died. You surrendered and got shot and died. They could even buried you. Then you came back. You're like, I'm back. Then he says, but Christ lives in me. Well, I just read what Christ, he was all about surrender and humility. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Well, now you're in a surrendered state. You're living for the will of God. You're, you died on a battlefield. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. Then I like this. I don't set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, my performance, Christ died for nothing. Right. So you say, well, what's that got to do with baptism? Well, the next chapter, he says, now that faith has come, we're no longer under supervision of the law. It's not based on your performance. And so so why would he make a statement like that? You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you who were baptized. And let's just replace that with surrender. Surrendered into Christ. Look, have clothed yourself with Christ, which goes along with 220. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. So you gave up. You surrendered. 
You go under some water, you die. Gone. Buried, and then Christ lives in you. Then it says uh, there's neither, you know, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. So, probably we're, so part, we're all on the same common ground. Probably what happened here to our man who wrote the letter, he mentioned the fact that he was a pretty young person, like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. He probably, at that age, did not have anything to surrender to or from. Well, or He's he, just too young, you 12. You, you they baptized me at 12, uh, the one who wrote the letter, Al, the one, the, look, they baptized me at 12. Trust me when I tell you, it didn't take. Not only did I not surrender, I rebelled against God. Right. So I went back when someone said, well, what about your 12-year-old baptism? I said, it didn't take. At 28, it took. Right. I surrendered. So he might consider that. Well, it's possible. And here's the other thing. You don't always, when you surrender, that's why we're saying surrender first. You make the proclamation you 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 believe it and you make the decision. I am going. I am all in on Jesus, which is it's it's really just saying I'm going to do it in the start in the process. And you don't always know immediately. Remember the disciples; they left everything to follow Jesus. They surrendered. They were fishermen. They had these jobs, and they'd left it all to follow him for three years. They never got it. They saw the miracles. They watched it. They missed it. They all left. At his crucifixion, all of them all deserted of them. him. So my point is, even when you surrender, sometimes it takes a while to get it. It's okay. I mean, this lifetime. is a, it's a process. It's a this lifetime, exactly right. Which is why I wanted to talk about it, because I know people feel that way. They're like, man, I, I feel like I've made the surrender, but I'm still struggling with the idea of understanding exactly what God wants for my life. None like, of us have ever reached the point on where our Lord himself was. All we can do is aspire to be like him the best we can as we go, right. stumbling along as we do, and he's there to lift us up. We just keep going. It, it's so, I love Jason's analogy about the idea that surrender seems counterintuitive to most people because it feels like you're waving the white flag, but you are because what happens is you're mm-hmm. taking your own control out of the equation. Exactly. It's the it. exact opposite of what you think. I right. know – you know, a lot of people struggle with trying to figure out what exactly baptism is all about and why did God choose to use that. But I think it's a camouflage for victory because you would never equate. You know, God always has these uh, a way of saying if you want to be first, be last. You know, if you want to win, surrender. It's the same concept when you look at it because you're like – when you think of what you're surrendering to, it makes sense. You remember Paul when he was Saul and his encounter with God? I mean, he's going around in his mind doing what he feels is right, which is the exact opposite of what he should be doing. He's killing people who follow Jesus. Yep. Well, he's walking down the road, and all of a sudden, boom, here comes a light and a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Well, you remember his first line? Who are, you, Who are you, Lord? Because whoever has this power, <laughs> they're Lord. <laughs> I'm surrendering, <laughs> which is what every other human being would do. Whatever I'm doing, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously, there's no weapon to fight with here. This I'm, str- I'm, I'm blind. I'm blinded. 
I'm hearing a voice from heaven. There's a light. I'm on my hands and knees. I can't even see the ground. That's right. And there's some giant speaker from heaven coming out of somewhere saying, and he says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. What a statement. You're on the wrong side of things here. And so then we go through this scenario where he says, here's the key verse, because the next statement he makes is verse 10. He he says, well, what shall I do, Lord? Because now he is saying my bad. He not, I mean, this, his encounter has happened not through faith. It has happened in reality and he is down on his knees. So, So the Lord says, get up, go into Damascus and there you'll be told all that you have been assigned to do. Well, he's, had to humble himself. Jesus is forcing him to. He's like, you go down there and see what happens next. But your your reign of terror is over. So they went down there. He met a guy named Ananias, devout observer, you know. And then, you know, this went on for three days. And then they healed him of his sight. But he gets down to verse 16, and he says, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Well, he's had this encounter with Jesus. He's now ready to humble himself, but Jesus still lets him be blind for a few days. Then, he, then he's healed. And then this statement comes up, what, what are you waiting for? You know, be baptized and wash your sins away. So he obviously understood now who Jesus is completely because Ananias explained it to him. Right. And I'm like, well, there, there's his opportunity to start over. But and so, how is he going to do it? It's the same thing that happened when he called him on the road. You surrender again. Right. I just think it's humbling the physical act. We've already explained what happens to you spiritually, but the physical act, it's just, it's, it's humbling to go down there and say, yeah, I'm a sinner. Dunk me under some water because I believe Jesus is real. And you're right. And what's interesting about Paul. We have the advantage of them being able to follow him because he wrote most of the epistles in the New Testament. So we get to see his, you know, he spent, you, you read it over and over and over again in his letters. He was like having to reassure them, you know, I'm, I'm this ministry, you know, you, you can believe is because he was having to reassure these people because he looked like this guy could have never been the guy. And so over and over and over again, he doubted that. Remember in the in the Second uh, Corinthians twelve, where he's like pleading with God, take away this you know thorn in my flesh, and yeah. God's like, no, because you have to understand that everything depends on me. When you're weak, that's when I'm the strongest in your life. And so that was all. Those are great points for us, I think, and and what I was talking about to realize that we have to continually surrender. It's a, you remember the old song, I Surrender All? You know, oh, so. I thought about that. We, it was actually, we were working on our set for next week's worship, and uh, that we it was on the docket for a oh, while. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was I Surrender All. Because I was thinking, it's about a great, this very, old, it's very a great old hymn. You know, you mix all the emotions. You say you surrender because you fear God. Uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So you begin to wise up when you say, uh, I'm going to surrender because I fear him. He has my soul, my destiny, and he and he alone can save me or obliterate me. Then you say, and I love him because of what he's done for me. So it's fear mixed with love, mixed with uh, knowing that a lot of your fellow 
human beings that you associate with that you see, they don't know. Well, who's going to tell them? You say, well, part of your surrender is, I'll tell you what, I'll step up and tell them. Yeah. I'll suffer some like Jesus did. Right. I'll take a cussing. I'll be insulted. Yeah. Fine. Let it let it rip. And you just go forward, and you don't veer to the right nor left, and you end up, as it turns out, walking like Jesus did. Yeah. A consi- take the insults. You're going to be persecuted. All right, what else is new? Right. But you don't really realize that until you do, in fact, surrender. Until you surrender, you'll never really – Get the wrath of the world put upon you. Nope. Yeah. You're like them. They're cussing and so are you. They're up right. to no good and so are you. Well, well, I thought you mentioned Paul. That, remember Romans 7 where he has that great back and forth about struggling with sin and sinfulness. And yep. he really lays out a beautiful picture of kind of what we've been talking about today about what it looks like. Like, man, what, I, I want to do it, but I, I can't do, do it. it. I can't do it. You know, the commandments brings to life. I used to be pretty good, and at yeah. some point I'm realizing I'm not good. Mm. And so he just gives us that great human picture. And then what does he say at the end? But thanks be to God yeah. for rescuing me from this body of death, you yep. know, because of Jesus. And so, and that, by the way, he called himself a wretch. What a wretched man yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, that's where you end up if you don't surrender. That's right. Oh, yeah, and you have that internal struggle. you know. Well, I like it. I read Saul's conversion to Paul, and then he writes in Colossians, you know, chapter 1, he just starts talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. I mean, and he didn't even mention, oh, yeah, and I had a conversation with him while I was on the road. I mean, because he's now writing this letter to the church there. But he says, once you were alienated from God, verse 21, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, which is exactly where he was. But but now he has reconciled you. He's brought you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So here, can you imagine the accusations that he had? I mean, now, now Paul's going around writing the letters to churches where people are there family members of people he killed i mean they're like you're talking about being free from accusation meaning something to him but when he got to chapter two he said in christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form you know in verse nine where he says that but then he says but you've been given that fullness and look what he goes to in verse 12 having uh the circumcision done by christ he cut off that sinful self having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead, which is what happened with him with Ananias. He said, what are you waiting for? Because mm-hmm. now he's got a new perspective on his evil behavior, his old life. And what the point I want to get to is the next chapter, when he gets to chapter 3, it says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, which is what Al needs to do. Set your mind not on earthly things, for you died, there's a surrender again. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. So he says all that, and then he says in verse 5 and uh, through 10, put off the old self. Put on the new self. He goes through with all the evil practices, and then he talks about the new self. 
And the reason I went through that whole long thing is if you try to just tell Al, okay, you need to put off the old cell, quit doing these bad things, and put on the new cell. But if you don't understand where it all started with your surrendering, yep. you're never going to get to that point. Correct. You, you, you're introduced to Jesus, and you see that he humbled himself as God, becoming flesh, and he died on the cross for your sins, and he was resurrected. Once you, once you understand, that's what saves you, his love and mercy and grace. Well, once you say, I'm surrendering to that, cut to the heart that God would do that for me in his love. Well, then there's a process that, that happens. Just like Saul, although his was a lot more volatile, you know, he's struck down by God himself. You then have to decide, well, am I going to surrender to the point of where I'm dying to my selfish wants, needs, desires? And then you come to baptism and you say, oh, yeah, I'm really doing it. You know, I, I'm putting my faith and trust in Jesus, and I'm dying i no longer live he's gonna send me the spirit and then i'm gonna wake up every morning and say all right lord surrender well, surrender is proven the same one struck down on the road he said i'm sending you to open their eyes turn them from darkness to light that's your job from now on instead of killing us you're gonna go preaching about who i am where are you at i'm in acts 26 uh, I'm sending you, Paul, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. This is where he had been, by the way, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Watch. He's talking to the king of Judea. First to those, verse 20, in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, he said, here's what I've been doing and where I've been doing it. I preached that they should repent, which is a form of mental surrender. Yes, sir. And turn to God and prove, here it is in action, their surrender, prove their repentance by their deeds. So instead of worrying about I'm having a difficulty cursing and I'm having a difficulty surrendering my life. It's not a real good way to look at it. You say you need to look at it like this is a proven process. That's right. As you feed on the word, obey what God says, you said you move forward. People on both sides, your enemies and your friends will say, I've never seen such a change in a man. When they start saying that there, Al, you know you're on the right track. Well, and I like the fact that that others, including Al, understand this is a just because this sound it's we're saying as a simple thing, it's a difficult thing because this is this is a decision to offer your whole life. I mean, it should be. Jason, remember we used to we had a group we shared the gospel with a lot of your high school friends and people we knew. And during that period of time, there was one guy, and we still know him. He's a good friend, and finally he he surrendered. But I remember the first time we shared with him. He was like, because most of the people are like, man, I got to get in on this. And they're watching other people's life change. And they're like, so it was a, a good, a coup of people like coming to Christ. But this one particular guy, and he's young, he was probably a teenager or 20 years old. He said, he looked at it, he was like, man, I, I see how serious this is. I, I just, I can't do it because I got to try to do better. Like, I know I can't, it, I, I can't live it. it. You know, he was like, so he wouldn't even surrender. He backed off. He said, let me work on myself for a while. But he he totally missed it mm -hmm. because he thought he could get better 
And then, therefore, when he became a Christian and then surrendered, he would already be a good guy. So it'd be easy for him. A, a lot of them would say, "I just need to get back in church." That's, or I just start like, reading the Bible more, oh, you know, yeah. as if that's yep. going to do it. But it's not that. It's all those are good things, but they're not what saves you. That the surrender saves, and it it changes everything. Plus, yep. you got to have the Holy Spirit to help you as well, and that's where but you people get just him. don't want to do it. It's a pride thing. It is. Know? It's hard. You know, people uh, when they ask me about struggling with a specific sin, you know, I'll go to First Peter 4, 1 Peter 4.1 because it's kind of a, not a riddle, but it's something that people can't figure out. And uh, I like reading verses that make people think. But what it says is, it says, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. And here's the riddle part. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. It's a good one. Hmm. Now, people are like, well, wait a minute. There's something I can do where I'm done with sin? Just done with it. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's what it says, isn't it? What does that mean? Well, and, you, and you can so prove it. They're like, well, what is suffering in my body? What, what exactly? I said, well, let's back up. I said, now, you see that number four there? Because it's chapter four and one. That actually isn't there. You know, humans... It was just just a letter. Post-interpretation. This was a letter. I said, they put that four there, and they put that you know, one there because they thought it was a new thought. Incorrect in this case. (laughs) They should have left it attached to 322. Because in 321, he makes an assertion right after he kind of goes through the gospel and and always be prepared uh, to give an answer for Christ. But he says... And they, he starts talking about Noah and the ark. Only just to get the analogy of what we talked about earlier, we're surrounded by water on the earth. And so was Noah. And this water, any kind of water. Remember, the water came up out of the springs, and it rained yep. 40 days and 40 nights. This is H2O. Yeah, the water, uh, this water symbolizes baptism, which I'll stop there because we're trying to get an explanation of First Peter 4.1. Well, we stop there because a lot of religious people, they'll say, well, baptism is a symbol, and they get it from this verse, but it actually says that water is, is the symbol, right. according to this word. Water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body. So it, he was he was being clear, saying, you're not washing your sins away like you would take a bath and literally physically or what it's not about that. Yeah. Here's the key. No power in the water. Yeah. Uh but it's the pledge of a good conscience. Now we we've already said what we think the pledge is. The pledge is that you are surrendering to Jesus. That is the pledge. Right. That's what it, pledge means. But surrender. then it even clarifies more saying it Baptism saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ because inside that surrendering of what you're surrendering to, you'll find the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is why Paul said that in Romans 6. Shall I go on sinning? Oh, no. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized were baptized in his death? We died to sin. Here we are back on the battlefield. You surrendering. Bump, you're dead. Buried. He's gone. Whoop. Came back because of the There's power of Jesus. There's just too many verses that explain yeah. it to miss it. Yeah. So my point is, though, then he gets to four one and says, therefore, 
Well, therefore, is an implication of what he just got right. through saying. Based on what I just said. Since Christ suffered in his body, which is right where I started in Philippians 2. Remember, he said, he, your attitude should be that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, you know, God humbled himself. He became obedient even to death on a cross. So there's the surrender, because once you have that surrendered spirit and you start representing Jesus, it's amazing how the less sins you commit. It's not that that you're not trying to sin. It's like now you're having the attitude of Jesus where you're humbling yourself every day. You you just quit sinning as much. Once you're done with it, as a result, you say, what will we see in our life? What is the results? Right. He does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. That is surrender. There you go. So anyway – uh, I want to say thanks, Al, for sending us your email because obviously it's given us a lot to talk about, not just for you, but there's so many of us that need to hear this on a consistent basis uh, of what it looks like to take that first step, which is the most important one, that then makes us better and stronger. So, Yeah, uh, and it's a secret. We I feel like it's a secret component yeah. to living a life in Christ is understanding First Peter 4, 1 Peter 4.1 and is. what a surrendered spirit. And that's why the first step is, is the most important one because that's what opens the door for everything else. And you're right. The stuff we've talked about with profanity, people are like, I don't, I don't want to cuss as much. Well, when Christ is in you, and you begin thinking differently, and you look at the word differently, it it affects what comes out of your That's mouth. That's where the invitation song and the altar call came from. You're turning yourself in. That's right. You're just surrendering. And by the way, people come here every week and turn themselves in, uh, and we get to see a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. Aaron, yesterday, you made you made Aaron me, from Florida. Uh, from Texas. But, Was it? Yeah. I think but was, always remember, Texas. it's Texas. who you're surrendering to. That's what saves you. That's right. So, good stuff. Uh, always enjoyable to talk about on the Unashamed podcast. We want your lives to be better. And from what we're hearing from you, it's working. Uh, amazing stories where this has really sparked a lot of people to. People to are being baptized, that saved every week. That's right. Every which, week. Which is incredible. Not just here, but everywhere. So, we're glad God's doing something and you guys are along for the ride. So, tell other people about it because the more people that listen, the more impact it's going to have, which is great. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.